Morning Sermon Audio is a presentation of First International Baptist Church of Copenhagen, Denmark. Weeks ago, is it on? Yeah. Two weeks ago, uh, we went to the street and uh, shared Jesus Christ with people. But uh, before I tell about uh, my experience, I want to ask the question, why do we evangelize? So why do we share Jesus with other people? Um, the simple answer is because God commands us to do it. In Mark uh, chapter 16, verses 15, Jesus tells his disciple, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. So then the question is, why does God want us to share uh, Jesus Christ with other people? Why does he want us to tell a friend about Jesus Christ, to tell a friend uh, about the gospel? From First uh, Timothy chapter 2, verses 4, we know that God desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So we know that God loves people. He loves our friend or our colleague, the stranger we meet on the street. He loves them and he desires in his heart that this person might get saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And we as Christians, know that there is only one truth and we know that because jesus says i am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me so we know that there is only one way to god and we have that answer we know how to go to heaven which is through jesus christ if we look at paul he really understood this heart we must have for other people this love we must have for our friends for our colleagues or a stranger on the street, that we desire that they may reach the salvation in Jesus Christ. So in Romans uh, 9, Jesus writes to the Romans, I'm speaking the truth in Christ, I'm not lying. My conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart, for I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. So Paul is telling here that he is willing to give up his salvation. He's, giving, he's willing to give up the ultimate thing that he has in order that his people, his kinsmen, the Jews, might get saved. Of course, Paul knows that he cannot give away his God-given salvation, but he's, expression, he's expressing the desire that is in his heart that his people, the Jews, might hear the gospel and turn from their sins and believe in Jesus Christ for their salvation. So I'm asking you, what are you willing to give up to preach the gospel to people? In uh, the next chapter, Paul writes, verses 1, he says, Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. And in verses 14 of the, sa uh, the same chapter, he writes, how then will they call upon him? How, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in whom of, uh, in, uh, in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. So then the question becomes, how do we do it? How do we share the gospel with a friend or a colleague or someone on the street? 
How do we do it? How do we overcome that fear when someone in the classroom asks, so you're a Christian, so you believe in God? Really? You don't believe in evolution? Or how do we start a conversation about Jesus Christ? How do we, how do we introduce the subject without sounding fanatic, without being nervous about what we should say about their challenges that they might come up with? So today I will give you one approach uh, that I will tell you about through the example of uh, uh, when we went two weeks ago. And it's called uh, the Colombo Method. And so Colombo is this uh, homicide detective who always has one more question. So he always asks, and he's very annoying, and he's asking this very innocent question, but with the question, he's leading the conversation to where he wants to go. So, and that's what the, message, that, that's what the method is all about. It's about you asking questions. Okay, so last weekend, I went together with Kai from this church, and we went to the street, and we went over to the lakes right here, and we met uh, a guy, and we said, excuse me, we're from an international church, we're doing a survey, and uh, then we ask him three questions. We say, we ask people what they believe, one. Two, we ask people what they know about Christianity. And then three, and then we want to challenge your knowledge on Christianity. So are you up for that? So in that way, we're laying the cards on the table. There's nothing surprise in that. We're, we're, we're telling him that we want to challenge his knowledge on, on, on Christianity. So then I say, introduce myself, I'm Sebastian, and this is my friend Kai, I'm from Denmark, and he's from Singapore. So it turns out that the guy's name is Tom, he's from Wales, he's a photographer, taking pictures of Denmark. So through all this chit-chat and all this small talk, we, 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 uh, we settle the atmosphere. We have a nice atmosphere, all the awkwardness is gone, we're just two people, or three people, having a conversation about normal stuff. He sees that we're not lunatics, we're normal people, and uh, yeah, we're very interested in him, um, yes. And then we ask him, so Tom, do you belong to any religion? And he says, uh, well, not really, I'm, I, I consider myself as an agnostic. So an agnostic is someone who, who doesn't know and doesn't belong to any religion, but doesn't refuse the existence of God. And then I ask him a simple question, so, have you done, what, what kind of research have you done on the topic? And he says, not much, I'm, I'm still learning and actually I'm very open for, for all different kinds of inputs. So, so far, the only two statements that I have made is that I'm from an international church and that my name is Sebastian. That's the only thing that I have said. So that's not really offensive, actually. I'm just asking questions. What it also does is that it gives me time to think. It gives me time to, to calm down, to yeah, come away with my, my nervous, my anxiety maybe, and to get to know who is Tom. What kind of person is he? How should I approach him? Okay, he's agnostic. That's a good information to have about someone before you share the gospel. So, and then I ask these questions to make him realize that maybe he didn't think this issue of religion through. So he's just admitted to me that he's open, actually. So that's really good for me when I'm going to, to share the, the good news with him that he actually told me, he admitted that he's open to new views. Okay, so that's great. So then I ask him, uh, Tom, do you believe in absolute morality? And then he says, like many people say, they don't know what an absolute morality is. So then I say, okay, in this Western world, 
there is a trend of believing in relativistic morality, relative morality. So it, it means that what is morally right for me can be true at the same time, uh, it, it can be true for me, and at the same time some, some moral that is contradictory to my moral can be, can be true at the same time. So there's no problem there. So do you believe that? So that what is right for me can be right for me, and what is right for you can be right for you at the same time. And he says, yeah, that sounds right. That sounds about right, I believe that. So then I ask him a tough question. So do you believe, I would ask something like, do you believe that what Adolf Hitler did, killing the six million Jews, is that wrong? And he says, yes, of course. So is that always wrong? Yes, it's always wrong. Okay, then you don't believe in relativistic morality. You believe in absolute morality. There's something which is always right and something which is always wrong. So the reason why I ask these questions is, uh, is first of all, to uh, establish some kind of morality that I'm going to use later, that there is good and bad, which is very important for the gospel. The second reason why I'm doing this is, uh, is to open up his mind that actually he was wrong about something. And the whole, the whole idea of sharing the gospel is saying maybe you could be wrong about what you believe. So he actually admitted to me that he was wrong about something. So then I ask him, uh, Tom, do you consider yourself to be a good person? According to the moral standard you believe is true. And I've never met a person who answered no to this question. Everybody believes that they're good people. And then I ask him, do you mind that we take a test, the good person test? And he says, yeah, yeah, I'm up for that. It's called the Ten Commandments. So here it goes. So it, it's, God's, it's God's standard of morality. So have you ever lied? And Tom says, yes. So what do you call someone who tells lies? A liar, yes. Have you ever stolen something? Yes, he has. Okay, what do you call someone who steals things? A thief. Have you ever uh, taken the Lord's name in vain, like OM? And he says, yes, he has. Then I say, that's called blasphemy. So if there is a God, and he has created you, he's given your eyes, he's given you your brain, your whole life, and you misused his name. Can you see how offensive that is, how ungrateful that is? And then I ask the last question, so the last commandment that I'm going to take you through, is that in the Old Testament it says, you shall not commit adultery. But Jesus said, truly I say to you, if you look at a woman and lust for her, you've already committed adultery with her in your heart. So Tom, have you ever done that? And he says, yes. And then I said, the Bible says that God sees your heart and your thoughts, and that God will judge you for that. And it makes sense because if there is an absolute morality, there must be a judgment for this. There cannot be a morality if no one is going to carry out the punishment. Then, it, then there is no morality, there is no consequence. And Tom says, yeah, that makes sense. Then I ask him, so if God is to judge you by this standard of the Ten Commandments, would you be innocent? Or guilty and Tom says I would be guilty and then I ask him does that concern you this fact and Tom he looks with his person yes that does and then I told him but God has to be righteous because imagine a courtroom someone hurt your family someone murdered some of your family members and the and the judge says I will forgive you then that judge is a bad judge you would hate that you, you would want that criminal, that murderer, to be punished. And God is good, so he has to be righteous. So he has to uphold his punishment. 
But do you know what God did 2,000 years ago so that you would not have to have this punishment on yourself? And Tom, like any other people, says, no, I don't know. And I said, God showed his love for us that he sent his son Jesus Christ to take the punishment that you and me deserves so that God can both be righteous, so the punishment is paid, he carried out his punishment, but also that he can show us lo uh, love, that we can walk free, free that, we can, that we can be in heaven with God for eternity because the price is already paid, someone took our punishment. So I, think, so I say to him, so the things you have to do to receive the forgiveness of God is that you have to repent of your sins, which means to turn away from your sins, and to believe in Jesus Christ. So Tom, do you remember that a minute ago you told me that you're a good person? So all that faith that you had in yourself and that you are a good person, you have to transfer that faith onto Jesus Christ, that he is enough for your salvation, that it's not because of your good deeds, but it's only because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And when you do that, you will be saved, and God will forgive your sins, and you'll have eternal life. Does that make sense, Tom? And he says, yes. So will you please think about this? It's the most important question that you can ever think about. So will you please think about this? And Tom says, yes. So then I, I tell him that he, uh, I ask him, do I have a Bible? I give him a gospel tract, and we exchange contact details, and then that's the end of the conversation. Yes, so that's the method. I hope you will that you will try this out, try asking questions to your friends, which really takes the pressure off of you. Uh, the, 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 what's it called? The majority of the conversation, I was just asking questions through Tom. I was not making any statements about Jesus Christ until the end. And uh, many people think, including myself, think that I cannot do this. I'm, I'm not made for this. But remember that the Bible tells us that that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So we are not standing in our own strength. We're just saying that when I cannot stand, I'll fall on you. So remember this, that we're not standing in our own strength when we go and tell. We're, we are standing in the strength of God. We cannot save anyone. God can save people, but he's using us to do it. So I really hope that I encouraged you and that you will keep on researching this area to learn more and perhaps even contacting me to learn more to get a gospel tract to learn more. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. So I, I have a couple of questions for you then. Okay. <laughs> have you always been this confident about sharing your faith with others? No. So what did you do then to, to gain a little bit of confidence or overcome some of your fears about it? Um, and is there something that we can share with the rest of the congregation as well? What, what motivated me? So actually, I only started uh, sharing the gospel with strangers three months ago. So uh, what really uh, encouraged me is that I know this is what God calls us to do. And I know, uh, yeah, he, he uses us and that he commands all Christians to do this. And also I know from my own family members that these are people that I love and I really want them to be in heaven with me and with God on the final day. So, so what encouraged me is, uh, is kind of like the testimony I gave today mm. that uh, a guy called Ray Comfort gave uh, to motivate people to go. Right, and so do we have something that we can also offer the rest of the congregation? I'm thinking of the things that you do Saturday uh, afternoons. You wanna tell them a little bit about that in case they would also like to be equipped and be a little bit more confident about sharing their faith? Yes, so every, every other Saturday, we have a meeting where we learn about 
uh, evangelizing. So uh, someone would explain more about the Colombo method. Someone would give answers to uh, challenges like, if God is good, how come there's so much evil in the world? Challenges like that. And every other Saturday, so the Saturday where we're not holding a meeting and learning about evangelizing, we are evangelizing. So we go to the street and we ask questions, we meet people, have some wonderful conversations. Great. So let's pray for Tom now and um, as a congregation and pray that the Lord will also open his heart and mind uh, to the words that he reads that you'd shared with him. Um, and hopefully some of you, if you are interested in being equipped and uh, gaining some more courage uh, about sharing your faith and even joining the group on some Saturdays, make sure you see Sebastian. Let's pray together, shall we? Our Father in heaven, as we bow before you, we thank you and praise you that you've used Sebastian and Kai uh, last weekend to speak to Tom from Wales. And right now, Lord, as a congregation, we lift up Tom to you. We pray that even now, as we are praying, that Tom is sensing the conviction in his heart about his own sin and his need for a savior. And Father, we pray that as he feels that conviction, he remembers the words that were spoken to him by Sebastian and Kai and even the, uh, the, the gospel tract that he received. We pray, Lord, that Tom will even uh, begin opening the Bible and begin searching for the truth and that uh, he too will become a disciple of Jesus Christ by placing his faith in the cross that Jesus bore. We pray, Lord God, that you continue to use Sebastian and others who are meeting on those Saturdays to share the gospel, to be equipped, and we pray that all of us, Lord, would be obedient to what you've called us to, to love our neighbors as ourselves and to share the good news with them. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been a presentation of First International Baptist Church of Copenhagen, Denmark. To listen to more sermon podcasts or to learn more about FIBC, please visit www.fibc.dk or facebook.com forward slash FIBC CPH. Thank you for listening.